Hey, welcome to another episode of the Product Powerhouse Podcast. I am so excited you're here, as always, and I get to share another really special guest with you, and I just cannot wait for you guys to meet this incredible business owner. So today on the show, we have Nikki Zazali of Revive Jewelry. Now, Nikki founded Revive Jewelry in order to honor loved ones, empower survivors, spread awareness, and change stigmas. Her pieces are more than just jewelry. They're hope, strength, awareness, charity, and cures. I think you guys are going to just love this episode. Nikki has a beautiful and creative jewelry line, and it's all around all of those causes and illnesses and diseases that, you know, our loved ones are dealing with. And every part of her business gives back to those organizations. So Nikki, right now, I believe she is supporting 17 organizations from breast cancer awareness to lupus awareness in everything in between. So her jewelry brings awareness and it like helps you connect with those, you know, different things going on in your life. So I know things that are important to me. I have a best friend whose mom has been through breast cancer treatment twice. And, you know, in these times, breast cancer awareness has been around a lot and the research that goes with it. And it starts to get a little bit predictable, you know, like it's all about the pink ribbon. But what Nikki has done is created something really unique and really different to help us still have that special memory, that special awareness and give back in a way that's different than anything else you've ever seen before. I just think it's really cool. And I love Nikki's heart. And I love how she's pulled everything she believes in and her real passions, which is, you know, supporting these organizations into her business, which also helps support her life, obviously. And it's also tied into her background as a traditional metalsmith and jewelry maker. Like her background is in that design. And it's really, really, really (laughs) incredible and cool how she's pulled it all together to create this really impactful company. And she does a lot. She's always on Instagram doing interviews with different organization leaders or you know, survivors or so many different people. She's, like I said, she's really tied her passion and her purpose and her love of jewelry making into this one really cool business, which is Revive Jewelry. So I just can't wait to introduce you to her. I should just stop talking and let her do the talking because she can explain it in a way that's way better than me. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Nikki. Welcome to the Product Powerhouse Podcast, where we talk about what it's like to run a product-based business. We'll be sharing specific, actionable tips for your online store, chatting with other shop owners to go behind the scenes of their successful product-based businesses, and having a blast talking shop. I'm your host, Erin Alexander. I'm the founder of Alexander Design Company, a web design and marketing agency for e-commerce businesses. We work with incredible entrepreneurs to create an unforgettable online presence for their shop. Now grab a nice coffee and let's chat. Hi, Nikki. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, I'm so, so excited. I would love to just start by telling our listeners a little bit about you and your business and all the things you do. 
Totally. Uh, so I am Nikki Zazali. I am the owner and designer of Revive Jewelry, which is a charitable jewelry company. So all of my designs are based on cellular images of disease. And then I donate 10% of the purchase to finding cures for those specific diseases. So that's a big mouthful. So I like to kind of break it down for everybody. So the cell images of disease, if anyone is familiar with those, those are like histology histology slides. So um, that's the scientific name for them. So they're basically like when a doctor or a researcher needs to look at uh, some sort of disease to diagnose it, they will take uh, a sample and put it under a microscope, inject dye. So what you end up with is like these organic, beautifully colored, bright, and almost happy looking pictures. And then, so when you see them that way, they, they look cool and fun. And then when you know that they're a disease, it's kind of this weird conundrum. And you're like, oh my God, how can that be a disease? That's exactly the opposite of what I would expect it to look like. So when I found those, um, I was in college and I started using them as the basis for my designs. And then uh, my brother was diagnosed with lupus. And that, if anybody knows about that, that's an autoimmune disease that is very hard to diagnose and there's no cure for it. So um, you're just on meds for the rest of your life, Um, but he's doing really great now. And then shortly after that, my grandfather was diagnosed with and then passed away very suddenly from lung cancer and going through those two things uh, made me realize that I wanted to do something to help other people not have to go through that. So I paired these designs that I was already making based on the cell images and decided to give back to find cures for the specific diseases. So that's how we got to revive jewelry. I love the way you've come up with this. Your jewelry is beautiful and it's just so interesting. I know every time you share what the cell looks like. And so then it's just like, wow, it blows your mind. So if you guys have not gone to Nikki's website, you need to, it's revivejewelry.com. Yes. Every product she has is connected to a different disease. And she even shows you what the cellular image looks like before creating it. And, And it turns into this really beautiful piece. But I, what I really love about your business and I feel like it's so unique is that every piece you make is tied to a different disease and the research and the team that's working to fight this. And it's, it's unique because a lot of, a lot of small business owners, we give back and it's like, Oh, a portion of everything is to this place, but you have done that for individual products. So how does all of that work for you? Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, well, it's a lot of spreadsheets, um, but it's it's a lot of accounting. Um, so right now, it, it keeps growing because it, it's I, I can't say no, right? So um, right now, there are nineteen different organizations that I'm donating to, um, and I do that because it's important to me to give every single disease, illness, and cancer a voice. You know, I, I love raising money for breast cancer. I love raising money for lung cancer. I love raising money for everything, but there are definitely some disparities when it comes to the, the different diseases and illnesses that have a lot of representation out there. So, uh, when my brother was diagnosed with lupus, I started doing some research and I found that there are very little people out there that are even caring about this, you know, for whatever reason, um, I don't want to get into that, but 
I decided that it was important to me that instead of just giving to like the cancer society or a, a general um, overarching cancer fund or something like that, that, that I wanted people who have these connections to these diseases, whether it be their own battle, a loved one's battle, honoring a friend, a coworker, that they know that when they're purchasing, their donation is going directly to finding a cure for that disease. And there are a couple charities that I work with that do more like patient support, but they also partner with, with other charities that are doing research. So Almost every single dollar that we're donating is going directly to finding a cure for whatever disease it is that is important for you to support. So each cause is important and each cause deserves to be funded to find a cure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, I didn't know this. I didn't know that your brother had been diagnosed with lupus, but my mother has not been diagnosed with lupus, but she has something that is very similar. Mm-hmm. and she doesn't know what it is. Like there's no answer. And so lupus is like the closest thing, but it's not, you know? And so hearing that gives us me just even more like of a personal pull to this, what you're doing. So incredible. So you got started when you were in college. Has this always been your main business or do you, did you do it while you were working or? So, uh, I mean, my, my, my oldest memories of being a kid, I was making my beads, I called it. So I was doing jewelry, like in the backseat of my mom's car, like anywhere we were going, I was making jewelry, but it didn't (laughs) occur to me until like later in my life that I could actually do that for a career. So I went to college. I kind of took a long time going to college because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then finally realized like, oh, I could be a jewelry designer. So I actually majored in uh, metal smithing, which is like the formal old school techniques of, of making jewelry. And so I, I, ma- I majored in that, but then when I graduated, uh, you know, I knew I wanted to have my own company, but it's really scary and mm-hmm. like had no business experience whatsoever. So I figured might as well be safe. And I was lucky enough to get a couple different positions over the years with, uh, jewelry companies. So I worked for about eight years in the jewelry industry in different positions from, they were all small companies. So I was wearing a lot of different hats, but, um, you know, designer's assistant to like production manager. And I spent a lot of time doing that before I realized that I was working really, really, really hard for other people's dreams. And it was time to work really hard for my dreams. So in, um, 2016, I filed the paperwork to, um, form an LLC officially, but I was still kind of doing it on the side. And then in 2018, I realized like, okay, now is the time. Got to like take the headfirst jump. And I started working for myself full time and doing revived jewelry. So. Wow. I had, I had no idea that your education was in metalsmithing and that's really cool. I mean, I know a lot of jewelers do have this background, whether they went to the, the gym Institute or the metal smithing, but yeah. I don't know if everyone listening will know this, but I work with these jewelers and just working on their website, but I don't know a lot of like the history of the background of jewelry making in general, <laughs> but yeah. however, I did make my husband when I was, I was an assistant for a jeweler before I started coaching. Yeah. And I made a wedding band for my husband. Cause we just had like cheap crappy ones. And when people hear that, they're like blown away. They're like, you made it. And I'm like, it wasn't hard. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, it doesn't come easily to a lot of people though. And a lot of people who, um, you know, are intimidated by fire and uh, uh-huh. power So uh, when you are doing metal smithing, you cannot have any fear of fire or metal or uh, power tools. Got to be able to so drill. Fun. So. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love how you've made your passion and something that you were doing as a kid. Did you like make those paper beads out of magazine? I loved oh, making those. Yeah. <laughs> I did it all, like bedazzling, friendship bracelets, like knots braiding like, <laughs> those uh wire pony rocking. bead yes. <laughs> pony yeah, bead lizards <laughs> <laughs> yeah I did it all origami yeah <laughs> I saw a kit for those pony bead lizards at Walmart or something and I was just like oh man <laughs> yeah, taking it back I've seen some like dazzling machines and like yeah I think I need one of those <laughs> So what do you think are something that's really contributed to your success? Like what are like, is there any moments in your business where you're like, yes, that's kind of what helped me get to the next level? Oh man, that's a difficult question. But I think that just like perseverance, um, mm-hmm. because it's so easy as uh, an entrepreneur, a solopreneur to like get down on yourself and and think mm-hmm. like, I'm not moving as fast as I want to be moving because everybody thinks they're going to like set up a website and people are just going to go to it and buy from you. And that is not how it happens at all. Like at all. Right. So, I mean, after my website's been up since 2016, like I'm still now just getting like regular online sales. Um, and I don't sell through Etsy, which is a personal decision. It's just difficult. It's hard to like make a presence for yourself. There's, it's such a saturated situation. So perseverance and like commitment and then consistency. So I think that, uh, you know, when you decide you want to do something like, you have to stay consistent with it. So every Wednesday I am on Instagram live and they're always a little bit different, but I make sure that I do not miss a Wednesday because even if like only one person is watching it, that's that one person that shows up every Wednesday for me and I owe it to them to, to be there. So, uh, consistency and perseverance and then, uh, you know, commitment, just staying involved in my business every single day, like making that choice to like, pretend like I'm getting dressed and going to work, even though I'm just going downstairs to my office. Um, it's just like making those choices and then having faith that it's going to pay off in the end. And once you do start to see those even tiny results, like when you get those online sales and you get that notification on your phone, if you're using Shopify, like it's the best feeling ever. And that's what kind of keeps me going. It's just those little tiny wins to celebrate those and just keep, keep building on one another. You know, that seems to be the trend from everyone when I ask these questions. They're like, it's the small things, the slow, steady, the showing up. And I want to let you know that I don't usually watch Instagram anything, like mm-hmm. live, I guess. But I've watched your Wednesday interviews, like after the fact, and I just think that they're fantastic. But doing things live for a mom and a working mom is like hard. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I know that you're showing up, and I think it's really cool. You know, that also reminds me of like, personally, I haven't showed up on Instagram in a while. I've been like sharing other people's things. It's been like a few weeks and it's so much harder when you stop mm-hmm. to start again. Like it's been two weeks and I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like so the consistency. Yeah. I will definitely like sometimes be like, Oh, do I really have to do this today? Like, do I really have to like, I didn't wash my hair today or whatever reason, like excuse that I want to make up for myself, but it doesn't matter. Like people really like seeing you in your natural habitat anyway. And like, it Mm -hmm. shows them that you're a normal person. Like 
you didn't do your hair either. Like they they're, they're down with it. People like yes. seeing real stuff on Instagram, not like fake model things that we no nobody can really live up to. So <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. You, you do you. Yes. Are there any instances or things that you can think of that, man, you just learned the hard way? Oh my God. Like (laughs) so many, um, (laughs) like every day. No. Um, so there are some times where I have seriously wasted some money. Like, um, you know, I, I know like everyone says this and I heard it a million times myself, but never, ever like pay for, followers. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't, it, it never pays off. Um, I tried it once and like what ended up happening is that I got like banned from Instagram and it was like really bad. And so they have all these rules now where you can't really do it, but basically like you end up getting followers and then like your engagement rate goes down because they're not like actually caring about you. And so it's better to just grow organically. That's like a huge one that I've learned. Um, and I think right now I have like 3,500 followers on Instagram, which is like most of them are, are real you know, it's, it's hard to know, but, <laughs> um, it's, it's taking a lot of hard work to get there after that happened because then Instagram kind of like punishes you and doesn't show your stuff to people. So like definitely stay away from that. And then also like influencer marketing, everybody puts like a huge emphasis on influencer marketing and, uh, just beware because there are some times where it's a match made in heaven. And like, I have worked with a few different influencers and only one of them has really been like the perfect fit for my customer base. And, uh, it's really hard to know because they all want a lot of money and they all want you to pay them up front. My advice is to find the smaller influencers that are willing to work for trade. Um, so you can just like send them your product or, you know, just swap blog posts or things like that instead of investing a lot of money into influencers because it's, well, it's number one, it's really hard to track your ROI on that. And then number two, uh, it, you, really don't see ROI in my, in my opinion, you know, a lot of the bigger companies are able to do it because they have tons and tons of money in an advertising budget. And so it doesn't matter to them if they don't see direct sales from Mm -hmm. this investment because they're actually like planting little seeds and touch points. But for a small business like mine and yours and everyone who's listening that has a small business, uh, it's, it's a, it's a much more, important situation of spending your money on something. And there are definitely better things that you can spend your money on other than influencer marketing. So just influencer marketing should be free. (laughs) (laughs) Those are really great tips. I love when shop owners like you can give other shop owners specific things that didn't work out for them because there's a lot of information out there that's saying, Oh, you need to be, you need to have influencers on your team. And then it doesn't pan out. And you know, I actually noticed myself, I go through phases where I'm like, I got to unfollow some people because they just weigh me down. Like I, mm-hmm. I get in my head and the first people I got rid of were like those big influencers with 10,000 plus like 20,000, 30,000 followers because they didn't feel genuine anymore. Like everything is a swipe up to an affiliate link. And it was like, I'd rather connect with moms who haven't washed their hair and their kid puked in their bed this morning, you know, like (laughs) totally real people, like, you know, people who have five, five to 10,000, five to 10,000 followers, you know, is kind of the sweet spot. There's some that have more than that, that are really good, but you gotta Mm -hmm. be careful. Yeah. 
So what would you tell someone who's in the beginning stages? Like they're just starting their business. You know, if you're just starting out, I think people get caught up a lot in like the wrong things. So focusing on, you know, the product and making a bunch of product and buying a bunch of materials for the product. And I made that mistake. Like I'm not sitting here judging anybody, but my advice is to spend a lot of time on your marketing plan and specifically on your emails and lead generation like roadmap, because those are the things that are going to be key in growing your business. Um, getting consistent leads is always difficult and I still have a hard time with it, but if you can figure out how to get, start getting like leads and then get them into an email funnel, that is going to be your biggest tool in getting repeat sales and building customers and fans for life. Cause you don't just want someone buying from you one time. You want them to be like a fan of yours. You want them to feel like they know you and that they are supporting you directly. So, you know, everything should be written like from your standpoint, like from an eye first person, um, so that you can connect with them and then just like getting those emails and, and like pop-ups and stuff really, really together. Marketing is so much more important than whatever it is you're selling. Like if you have good marketing, people will buy whatever you're selling. It really doesn't matter what you're selling. They will buy it. I love that. That's, that's a great tip. Um, I know I was, I'm kind of working on another podcast episode. That's like, kind of like how to get started when you're getting, when you're just getting started, like how to get a website when you're just getting started, really, because I'm a web designer, but like, I want people to know that it's okay to do like little things and just focus on what you can right now. And you don't have to have all the pieces in place when you're getting started. Like you don't need a $10,000 website when you're getting started. Yeah. I think that really ties into what you're saying. Like you don't need a giant inventory when you're getting started. You need to focus on like, what's going to get you to the next step. You can make your products once someone orders it, you know, depending Mm -hmm. on the type of your product, you don't have to stash your whole back room with stuff. And then what happens for a lot of, for a lot of shop owners, a lot of my clients are like, I have all this product I've made and I can't move it. Mm -hmm. And so the problem there is that their, their marketing is not keeping up with the inventory they're creating. And I know that that happens because we're creatives and we want to create. And so we love making jewelry or we love making whatever. But when you're a business owner, it has to be at different levels. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's the number one thing I wish someone had told me before I started my own business was that like, when you get involved in your own business, you're going to spend 80% of your time doing all the things that you don't want to do. And 20% of the time, maybe even less than that, doing the actual making of the things. And like fun designing stuff, because if you don't have that, like all the other things in place, you're not going to be able to sell all the stuff that you make. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yes. It's so, it's so true. I was just thinking in my business, it's right now I'm kind of in the opposite position where I spend 80% working on client work and I don't have the time to do the rest because I have so many clients, which is a wonderful thing. Don't get me wrong. You know, like, and I love my clients, but you know, you have to have some kind of balance in your business in order to keep growing. Like, because if your business is stagnant, it's not, it's going to stop fulfilling you. Like Mm -hmm. you have to keep reaching new levels. And if you don't kind of balance out the marketing and the pieces, you will, you'll get stuck. Yeah, totally. And I think when you're in a position 
when you're at the point where you're like, oh my God, all my time is now going to making product and I have no time to grow the business and do the big picture stuff. That's when you have outgrown like just being by yourself and you need to have mm-hmm. <laughs> so Yep. That's the goal. That's the next that's, that's the, next the goal. Company, yeah. <laughs> so what is next for your company? Like what's your next big goal or thing you're working towards right now? Well, uh, this year has been a little bit different because it started out <laughs> 2020 and I, it was the year of the perfect vision for me, 2020, but, um, you know, I, I've j- it's just changed a little bit. You know, I thought that the perfect vision was for one thing and now it's kind of just for a different thing. So, um, you know, I started out the year, like really invested in going to wholesale shows, which are now not happening. So that and and wholesale is kind of not ha- going on right now because a lot of places across the country are not even open for business and nobody's really taking in new orders so or new product so uh, that has just changed and I've shifted my focus um, so this year I overhauled my website which uh, you helped me with which is amazing and again it's revivedjewelry.com if anyone wants to check it out I had a lot of input from Aaron on that and I absolutely love it it's been a huge booster in conversion so it's just shown to me that like when your website the easier to use it is the more like user experience friendly it is the better off you are. Um, because I've had a huge jump in online sales since I launched the website, which has been awesome. Yeah. Super exciting. Currently I'm working on boring stuff, which is like new email lead generation, but I'm also, I have this year been, uh, doing my cause of the month program, which is, I don't know if we're going to talk about that later, if I should talk about it now, but basically each month I'm highlighting a different cause each month is a monthly release of a new piece of jewelry that goes along with the specific cause for the month. And then there's also a charity partner uh, for that month. So like we mentioned earlier, I will do a live Instagram interview with a representative from that charity. And usually those interviews are talking about, you know, educating about the disease or illness, and then talking about what the charity does, talking about ways that you can protect yourself or how to get tested or how to know if you're at risk. Um, and then things that you can do to help and get involved. So those interviews have been really awesome and super fun. And then basically each week I do a weekly blog post and follow that up with an email. Um, but those blogs are all based on different topics like, prevention techniques, early detection techniques, um, statistics and research breakthroughs. Sometimes we're just talking about the charity partner and the awesome things that they do in our work together because um, different charity partners, they're located in different places around the country. And if they're local to me, I'm in Los Angeles. So sometimes I have the ability to go to these events, which is really cool. Sometimes I'll talk about that as well as fun things with jewelry, like styling tips for how to wear the the new piece that I've released. Um, I did some hoop earrings a little while ago and I wrote a whole blog about how to like style your hair when you're wearing hoop earrings because some people find that difficult. And then also sometimes I'll talk about the stone meanings and the healing properties of those stones. So like one of the recent releases in July was an opal bracelet. And so we talked about actually yellow opal. Um, so we talked about like opal meanings and you know, the healing properties of that. So coming up in September, there is a cause of the month is ovarian cancer awareness. So um, a lot of times it coincides with actually what the awareness month is. Mm-hmm. But uh, so September is ovarian cancer or awareness month. And there's actually a big... I guess they call it like a 
it's not an expo. What do they call it? Like a conference where they, the actual charity that I work with is called the Ovarian Cancer Research Alliance. And they're a very big charity. They're doing the best work for ovarian cancer research. They're donating lots and lots of money to figure out better, um, understand why it, why it's caused and how to treat it and how to kind of prevent it and eventually cure it hopefully. But they have this big conference at the end of the month. Um, and it's all virtual this year. So anyone can attend from anywhere that you are. Um, and you can still sign up if you go to their website, but it is at the end of the month like from September 29th to October 2nd. And I will be exhibiting virtually there. And the cause of the month release will go along with that cause. And I've actually already designed it and I don't want to like spoil it, but it is a really cool new shape of an earring that I have never done, but it's a very cool little earring. So you should check it out. That's exciting. Can you tell us the website where we can go to sign up for the expo or convention? Yeah. Okrahope.org. So O-C-R-A hope, H-O-P-E.org. Perfect. We will put that in the show notes for anyone who wants to go and sign up and uh, learn more about what's going on with this convention and, and like the research they're doing around ovarian cancer and the weirdness and everything along with that. We'll also have links to Nikki's blog. So you can kind of get those blog posts that she's also writing and including in her website. I I think it's really cool and really unique, especially your charity of the month or like organization of the month that you're doing right now, because every month, I mean, you're pouring your heart into this and I, you can tell when you're working with you, like seeing you on Instagram and seeing the pieces you're creating. And I love, I just love how much you've tied your true passion of like being a philanthropist. I shouldn't try to say that word. (laughs) (laughs) into your entrepreneurial spirit. Like it's incredible. This is true of me. Like I have hopes of doing that someday. And it's not like I could do it today. It doesn't have to be, I don't have to give a million dollars to make an impact, right? Like you can do small. You can just buy a piece of revived jewelry. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. 10% goes back to whatever cause is important to you. So that's really beautiful. Do you find, I've asked you this before, but do you find that people come for the specific cause or do they come because they like something that they saw from you? So most of my like customers are coming to me because they have a loved one that was affected that they either, either is still alive and survivor or has passed away and they want to honor them. So Mm -hmm. A lot of times people come into my booth and I tell them what I'm doing and they are just drawn automatically to the piece that happens to be the cause that they're connected to. It's this crazy phenomenon. And also a lot of times people will get like teary eyed and emotional because the jewelry just has such a significant meaning to them because when they look at it, they don't just see a piece of jewelry. They see the person that it's going to remind them and that they're going to wear it for. So it just becomes this like really meaningful, deep connection and a way to honor somebody at awareness and, you know, be strong and just keep that hope alive when you're not having to wear an awareness ribbon. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to like say it out loud. Like I'm wearing an awareness ribbon for this cause. You just wear a beautiful piece of jewelry and then you kind of feel that person with you. 
Right. That's beautiful. That is a crazy phenomenon. Yeah. There are also people that just really like it and buy it. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've looked through your, um, the pieces you make with the different pictures, like the cell pictures. Mm-hmm. And there are some that are just so cool. I'm like, I just like that design. Like, but also then you have some, like, I can think of so many organizations that I would want to have a piece. Do you have any piece that combines organizations? So I, at this time I don't, but I have thought about doing it. It's just because I don't stock anything Mm -hmm. and everything is made to order when you order it. So it's specially for you. And there are a couple pieces where I could make combinations. Like if you had two specific causes that you wanted in one piece, we could definitely do that. Like there's a few rings that have double settings on them where I could definitely do that easily. And I'm always open to doing custom stuff. So I have people who come to me a lot and they say, Oh, you know, I didn't see this cause on your website, but my, you know, my grandpa, my dad, my sister, whoever died from, uh, you know, lymphoma or I have lymphoma on the site, but, um, you know, like some other type of illness that I'm not carrying currently. And I'll just make something for them. So I'm always happy to do custom orders. And I just, my, my main goal is to, you know, not only raise money for charity, because that is definitely important, but also use this gift that I have of making jewelry to help other people feel closer to people that they've lost. You know, that's Mm -hmm. kind of where it all started, where, my grandpa passed away. One of the first things that I designed was this um, lung cancer inspired pendant. And I used to wear it like every single day and just like touch it, see it in my reflection and be like, oh yeah, my grandpa, like, oh yeah, my grandpa. And it really helped me kind of move through the stages of grief, you know, and kind of, mm-hmm. and just even now, like I wear it and I think of him and it makes me happy, you know? So it's just, that is kind of my real goal is to like make people have, you know, allow people to have these meaningful pieces of jewelry that connect them to their loved ones. Right. That's beautiful. (sighs) I feel hard moving on from that topic. It's so cool. But one of the things I want to do with this podcast is I want to show shop owners that no matter what level of business you're in, there's new things that we're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the phrase that people use is new level, new devil. Yeah. So I would love if you would like wanted to share something that you're currently learning or something that's your like current thing you're working on to take you to the next level. Yeah. So, um, I kind of mentioned this, but I have been working on kind of revamping my email series. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I have a welcome series in place. I, I crafted that a while ago and I feel like, you know, if you're a smart business owner, you, you already know this, that, you know, the website, your emails, your marketing, like it's never something that you just set it and forget it. It's never done. It's always an, an evolving thing. Like I just tweaked something on my website this morning. So, you know, verbiage and things like that are always things that are evolving as you get tighter and you understand your brand more because, you think you know your brand, but you really don't until you have been doing this brand for a long time. So my email series, I've been really diving deep into, to evolving that. So right now it's like a three part series and I'm, I'm making it into a six part series. So, um, 
you know, I'm sort of working on doing more of a about the client thing than about the brand thing. So sort of shifting the language and shifting the position of like where all the information comes. So it starts more on a focus of the, of the client and then it goes kind of drifts and, and includes bits and pieces of the brand. And then it kind of moves into like the products and things like that. So um, yeah, just kind of repositioning the way that I am doing those emails is what I'm working on right now. And then a new like lead, um, I call it a lead gen, but it's, it's basically like a downloadable PDF that, that I think people are going to like. It's called 50 tips for dealing with grief and loss. Um, I currently have a quiz that is for caregivers. So it's basically like, I think everybody in, in one way or another is a caregiver and, it's kind of a fun quiz because it tells you what type of support you give. So there's different ways that we support people and some people do it with humor and some people do it with a lot of love and there's always love involved in caregiving, but I think everybody kind of has their own personality type when it comes to that. So the quiz Mm -hmm. is designed to sort of figure out what type of supporter you are and then get some like tips and tricks of how you can like fully support your your loved ones. So the, the quiz is cool and it's doing good, but it's kind of been around for a while. So I'm testing out a new one. Yeah. I love how you said that nothing is ever perfect or like nothing is ever done. This is something I'm always telling people like, get it as good as you can and then move on. Cause you're going to want to come back and fix it or do something different in three months. I am yeah. completely guilty of changing things like constantly. And I had to be like, Nope, you're not allowed to touch it for six months. <laughs> Because it will never be perfect, but what you can do is test it and tweak. And, you know, in three months, you'll know some of the mistakes or know some of the things and you'll be able to go back and make it even better. And you don't always have to be like burning it to the ground and starting fresh. Yeah, totally. And I think that that's what it really is all about because honestly, you know, you, depending on what email service provider you're using, like you can do AB testing. And so Mm -hmm. you can really just you can be tweaking so many things and you want to just limit yourself because it could just be the changing the color of the buttons will make Mm -hmm. all the difference. So you just have to be patient and just keep, you know, keep trying different things, but not too many different things. Yeah. That's what, that's a common theme I'm, I'm finding lately that I'm having to remind people, especially because I work a lot with SEO and sometimes the keyword doesn't work. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. as effective as we hope, but I'm like, you have to just let it go and try something new in a few weeks. And remember that this is only one piece of the puzzle. Like even if your welcome sequence isn't perfect, someone Mm -hmm. could still fall in love with you on Instagram and still want to purchase. Like it's only one piece. I keep calling it an octopus. Like your business is an octopus. There's all these tentacles Mm -hmm. and all of those work together. Like, so if one's not perfect, it will be okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And like, I think a lot of people get hung up on everything, you know, being perfect, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really is just going back to it for anybody who's just getting started, like, just do it, you know, like, you don't have to have a perfect website, like go get get on Shopify, get yourself a free template and just set up a landing page and have an email sign up on it. Like, that's all you have to do to start your business today. Yes. I love that tip. So Nikki, this has been such a great conversation. Would you share with everyone where they can find you online, where they can hang out with you, where they can learn more about the cause of the month? 
Yes, totally. So uh, the best place to find me is on my website, revivejewelry.com. So R-E-V-I-V-E jewelry.com. And there's lots of information there about all the charity partners that we're giving back to and um, about more about me. If you want to read more about my story and more about the brand, you can also find the quiz there and you can find the Legion. (laughs) You can find all that stuff there if you want to just sign up to see what it's like. Um, You can do all that on my website, so revivejewelry.com. And then I am most active on uh, social media on Instagram. So you can check me out there at Revive Jewelry, spelled the same. And I'm also on Facebook at Revive Jewelry. Um, and then I'm on Pinterest too. And Pinterest is super fun. And I think, uh, you know, I didn't mention this in the podcast, but I'm spending way more time doing Pinterest, which has been a huge traffic driver. So if you're not doing Pinterest, you need to be doing Pinterest. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, I totally agree. Pinterest is my second highest uh traffic source after search. So 100% all in on Pinterest. Yeah. Pinterest is like my highest one right now. So it's, it really Pinterest is going off in 2020 and you need to get on it. Yeah. Cause we're all home bored. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today and sharing your story, your business, all of the, all of the real insights that you have learned from your experience, owning your own company, running your shop online, for the last several years and sharing that with our listeners, because this is the kind of support that I think the product-based community is missing and they need, they need people like you who are willing to share their story. Thank you so much. It's been a blast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be heard by all your listeners and just thank you so much. Building visibility for an online store is a full-time job on its own. Big name stores have entire marketing departments for this exact reason, but you don't need a full team to see big results. What you need right now are simple and quick ways to give your store a visibility boost without adding more to your mile long to-do list. That's exactly why we created the free five ways to boost your shop SEO PDF so that online shop owners just like you can improve visibility and get more eyes on your shop without any additional stress. These five tasks will give your store a juicy SEO boost to help you show up for the people who are already looking for you without touching any code or having a background in search engine optimization. Head over to productpowerhousepodcast.com to grab your free copy and give your shop the visibility boost it needs today. Thank you for listening to the Product Powerhouse Podcast. If you're ready to dig a little deeper into this episode, come join us in the Product Powerhouse community on Facebook. It's the best place to go to find the perfect partner for your next collaboration, get additional support and trainings, and just hang out with other shop owners. You can be a part of our circle by visiting alexanderdesignco.com community or search for Product Powerhouse Community on Facebook. And if you really loved this episode, open up your podcast app and leave a rating and review. Each review makes it that much easier for other shop owners to find us and get in on this action.